0: Welcome to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast, where your hosts, Nick and Harry.
1: Episode 15 here. We're finally back after a little break. Coming in real
0: hot after the extended break.
1: I'm excited to be back. Back it in is, the studio. It's nice to be back in the booth. And we're talking about renting an apartment. Something... I don't know. I think most people will do at some point. If you don't go right from school to buying a house, you're probably going to live
0: in an apartment at some point. Actually, yeah, if, I mean, in school. Lived, like, yeah, that's uh, yeah. so what I was about to say. I lived in two apartments before I even graduated. So. Let's start with
1: highs and lows. It's been a, a while since our last episode.
0: What good things have happened? So, my uh, high, I, I've mentioned a few times the ongoing struggle to get a new graphics card uh shout out to our friend terry um he did get lucky enough to get a new one and he passed along his old one on to me which is still a pretty big upgrade um so that's a pretty big pro i've had money set aside for that for a while con again on that trip i spent a little more than i was planning on part of me knew going into it that was going to happen uh but i don't i don't go on vacations that much especially since covid and all that so might as well make it worth it when i do i'll call the trip a high um other
1: high would be i put an offer in on a house but the low is that the offer has not yet been accepted because they're holding out for a higher offer so we'll see what happens yeah all right (laughs) let's talk about renting an apartment So the first thing you have to decide is what can you afford? That's going to decide a lot uh, on what type of apartment you're getting,
0: where you can get one, the neighborhood, a lot. Yeah, it's probably going to be the biggest determinant of what apartment you end up with or neighborhoods. It's going to be the biggest sort of... Like, you need to make some cuts. There's, There's a lot of apartments out there. So the first one is just going to be purely budget-based what's what's a
1: good way to to figure that out like a rule of thumb
0: yeah so the the very common rule of thumb if you if you google you know how much should i spend on rent everywhere you look is pretty much going to say 30 percent of your gross income should go towards rent um you also see a lot of places i know especially in new york this is common the math works out to the same But they'll say that to be eligible, you need to have an annual income that's 40 times the monthly rent. And if you do the math there, you'll see that that works out to the same 30% number.
1: So you could take your salary. Remember, your gross is before taxes and everything gets taken out. So take your salary, whatever you make in a year, and divide that by 40. So let's say you're making $80,000 a year you can swing, or you should be able to swing, uh, $2,000 a month for your rent. And that should include utilities. And that should be your living expenses. So, yep. so that should include utilities and, and parking and anything. Renters insurance, yep.
0: whatever else. And that's something to keep in mind, too. There can be um, so, you know, some buildings will take care of some utilities, some won't. Some have parking included, some don't. So those are ways that different places sort of massage the numbers to fit in more search results or whatever. So I know it can be tempting to leave those off to justify getting a more expensive apartment. I've been there. I've I've tried to do that. But really look at the whole thing because that's actually what you're going to end up spending on your housing. That's a good place to call back budgeting. And
1: how this is going to fit into your needs, part of your budget, right? So, right, maybe you could uh, afford thirty percent towards your rent, but there are going to be other needs within that fifty percent of your budget. That could be student loan payments, uh, credit card minimums, other uh, other, you know, what we call legal obligations. That may mean you need to spend. Less than 30% of your gross. Yeah, and
0: that's something that got me into a little bit of trouble. Part of it was just living in relatively expensive cities and having relatively expensive student loans. But I was looking at that 30% number and renting places based on being under that 30% number, but not actually looking overall at where the other parts of my, like where my other money was going. And so, you know, actually looking at what I was spending on needs at the time was probably like 60%, 70%. Right, it could push you over. Yeah, everything else. So that 30% is a rule of thumb, but you also need to take into account what else you're spending money on. You don't want to end up house poor. No, that's true.
1: So if if finding your budget is the first step, we have this sort of, I guess it's step two, part of one, which is, are you going to have a roommate? Because that's going to decide... The apartment you can go after too. If you know, you'll have your personal budget. If it's only you, that needs to cover the entire apartment. If you have a roommate, that's your piece of the total rent. Yep.
0: Uh, But there's two ways to approach the roommate situation, which is are you going to be looking to move into a empty apartment with someone else? So this is someone that you, you know, have met before moving into the place, and you together have to pick a budget. That's a little different because you and whoever else is looking, it could be more people. Maybe you're looking for a house with four or five people to rent and all of you need to have this discussion beforehand to come up with a budget. The other option, and I've done both of these, but when I was first moving to New York, I did this and I I did this in DC a couple of times where I moved into an apartment that had an empty bedroom. So I was technically splitting the cost with roommates, but you know, the budget was already set. Like they were already paying three quarters of the budget for a four bedroom. I was just coming in and if I wanted the place, I was going to pay that remaining amount. And so there's two different scenarios to think of when you're looking at searching with or for a roommate. I've only done the first you mentioned, um, moving into a new
1: place, but I'm trying to think how we did it because you and I have done, have looked for and found three apartments, right? Two in DC and one here, one in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yep. And I think we did some, we had some spreadsheets for amenities and we kind of talked through. You have to decide which amenity, we'll get into this later around amenities, but you have to decide together which ones are most important. Are there any that you both really want? Are there any that you aren't that important to you, but are important to the person you're living with? There's more decision makers in the deal. And I, yeah, I think and that's I, how we did it. I don't remember.
0: Yeah. And think we had a spreadsheet when we went through. it. And I think a big thing here is we were lucky where I think our deal breakers were in alignment. Yeah. And so we, we you know, we are good friends and we're good, made good roommates as well. But for a lot of people, like living with your friends doesn't always work out. And that could just be like you have different. It's yeah. one thing to have different preferences, but having different deal breakers is something else. So, if if one person wants to save money by not paying for AC and and thinks paying for central air is a waste, and the other person refuses to live anywhere without central air, can be hard to get a place. That, to that's go. one of yeah, that's one of those just like then you know the foundation is is rocky there. That that's not going to be a lasting solution. So identify some of those deal breakers figure out your own and ask those other people you're going to be living with theirs
1: well that's a good point like doing that ahead of time before you actually start looking because that yeah that don't, help make the, don't and
0: then like this has happened with like my siblings and stuff don't make the mistake of assuming you're going to be good roommates with someone because you're good friends yeah like actually talk about uh you know just because you are good friends with someone doesn't mean you know what kind of a roommate they are or what they value in a living situation so make sure you talk about the things that just friends normally wouldn't um, before you start living with them
1: so once you've decided that you kind of have your your budget in mind you have to decide are you going to do this yourself or are you going to use a broker uh pros and cons to both what would you say are some of the pros of
0: uh having a broker help you find a place yeah, well, the, it's the convenience of it, though. The whole point of using a broker is that they—they're a real estate agent, but is they're—they're they're helping you find a place to rent instead of buy. So, they're they typically will know the area pretty well. So, if you're in a unique situation, if you're moving from out of town, you might not even have a chance to see the place before you move there. Um, If you're in a, like, really tight turnaround, if you're looking for a short-term rental and you're having trouble navigating that, if we'll get into this later, if you're not a strong applicant and you've had maybe some issue with your credit scores or criminal convictions in the past, things like this, a a broker can help you navigate all of that. But that comes with some cons, like you mentioned.
1: Yeah. I mean... Do you want to do this? Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not living there right in the place that they pick so their goal is to get you in a place of most you know legitimate ones will want you to be happy with the place but they're still not living there so they may have a lot of other clients that they're trying to get places for uh maybe that are more expensive rents so they get a bigger commission on you may not be the top priority so if you're looking to move quickly uh make sure it's somebody who has time for you. They are also expensive because you're paying uh, them for the convenience of helping you find a place.
0: Yeah, I think the standard, at least in in New York, is where most of my broker knowledge comes from. I know the standard there is like the baseline for a broker is one month of rent. And so factor that into your calculation too, especially if if you're not planning on staying there long term. That's a whole extra month you're paying for maybe like one year of, of rent. If you're looking for a place to stay four, five, six years, It'll be worth it, that right? upfront cost of the broker is spread out a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep that in mind. So the
1: the next thing, whether you have a broker or not, you need to pick some neighborhoods. You should already know the city. So within the city... You got to decide. Your broker's gonna want to know if you have any like neighborhoods in mind, preferences, and if you're doing it yourself, you're gonna have to start making these appointments and going to look at them. So, look at some. If there are articles uh, for
0: this that city, major cities will have it. A lot of the times, these these blogs or rankings and these types of things are also broken down by sort of the stage of life you're in. So yeah. you'll see you'll see like, oh, top neighborhoods for young professionals or top neighborhoods for like young families or like top, you know, you get the picture. I won't go on. So um, generally, you know, think about, yeah, what, maybe not even what kind of life or what stage of life you're in, but what stage of life do you identify with? Like maybe, maybe technically you are a young professional, but you want somewhere that has more of that young family neighborhood vibe and not so many bars and restaurants. Yeah. So just think about like what those things mean and use that to search. But really, it's one of those you just want to absorb as much information as you can, have some idea what the neighborhoods are. Because the next thing you're going to want to do is just wherever you're looking, whatever the area is, search the entire area. Use, uh, we'll link them in the description. Use some of these, there's a million um, search sites for apartment rentals, and put in your budget, filter by the must have amenities. You know, if you have a pet, make sure you search through the you know pets allowed filter things like that and just start getting a feel for where apartments are available that are within your budget and have the features
1: so that's a good time to look at by neighborhood look at what would your commute to work be like from that neighborhood Um, if you don't have a car maybe like the bike score or the walking score what's within walking distance yeah, or what's the public transit like? Yep. If
0: you're if you know you're going to be relying on public transit, um, you know, check which stops are closest to you and see what lines those are on. Does it do those get you to the places you're going to need to be going? I like look at the idea of looking at the neighborhood at like different times of the day, or maybe yep. weekday and weekend. Yeah, I've, I think I've done that in my last you know, four or five places. Like we did that when we were looking at places in Brooklyn. Um, places can definitely have much different vibes during the day and at night. Um, if an area is mostly populated by, you know, office workers during the day and it gets deserted at Could night, at like, the, the, f- yeah, like the financial district in New York, like it can feel very different. So make sure you do, if you can check those out. All right. So you know where you're going to go
1: with, with, even within a neighborhood, you're going to have to narrow down by amenities, the type of building. So remember we were talking about it earlier. You have your deal breakers. each person values different things, like for me, yeah. central air is very important. Having a dishwasher is important. I don't like hand washing dishes
0: um, yeah, that was i remember when i first, you know, when I first moved to New York, it was on a very shoestring budget, and, and like I called it the big three. There is laundry on site, not even in unit, just laundry, at least in the in building. building, yep, central air and dishwasher and it it was basically like you could have a pick one pick two or pick three budget and i was on a pick one budget so central air central air Air was the was the non-negotiable part i needed ac i was not going to deal with the new york summer without any air conditioning so you know i spent a year schlepping down to the laundromat to do my laundry i was hand washing dishes as the meal cooked in the oven because there was no dishwasher to leave them in but i was cool (laughs) <laughs> and you know that was the that was worth it. So you've got the amenities, and then you've
1: well, that couldn't like decide. Do you need laundry, dishwasher, central air? Do you need a balcony? How important is is a doorman to you? Does it have to be parking nearby, uh, a gym in the building or nearby? If you have a pet, you're gonna need a place that's pet friendly.
0: Yeah, pets a big one to think about. The the other ones you can cut, maybe you can sacrifice something you thought was really important to you like the ac or a doorman or a balcony but if uh, if you have a pet don't forget to make sure that the place is you know allows pets you don't want to waste time fall in love with the place get through the process (laughs) and find out like last second oh i forgot to tell you i have a dog is that going to be an issue
1: you'll also have the trade-offs between the size of the place, so better location, you may have a smaller place for the same amount of money as something that's bigger and in not as great of a location. If something's newer or renovated, generally going to be more expensive. How important is that to you? Are you okay yep. with something a little bit older? Does it have to be modern and new? So, and this is different for everybody. We can't tell you, you know, what it has to be, but
0: you have to decide. And the last thing I think thing I'm going to mention as far as deciding which apartments you actually go look at is be mindful of the turnaround for tenants and whatever location you're searching. All right. And now let's say you're, you're getting ready for
1: you got your neighborhood narrowed down. You got to decide how are you as an
0: applicant? If you're getting ready to apply for a place. Yeah. Know that know the things that, ...can make you look bad as an applicant, basically.
1: They're going to check your credit. They're going to probably do a background check. They're going to want to know if you have pets. Even if it's pet-friendly, they may charge extra for it. Or there might be have restricted breed lists. Yep. That's another thing that comes up. They may ask for references. So, so you may need to give your last landlord. And if you have any unpaid rent or you weren't a good tenant and trash the place that's could come back to haunt you. So
0: yeah, and this is where those. you know, if you do hit a couple of these boxes, especially if you have certain felonies, you might just get outright denied on most applications and you might need to go back to them and make the case to the landlord, the leasing company, whoever it is, that you are a good tenant. This is something that one of those brokers can help you with. A lot of cities have Advocacy groups, nonprofits that will also help you through this process. So look for your area if there's an organization like that. But it usually involves like a letter of reference. You know, maybe maybe you've had um, you know substance abuse convictions in the past. If you have a letter from your sponsor, if you have a letter from your doctor, um, you know, members of the community, things like that. They can be like a character reference for you right. and say, "Hey, I know on paper these things look bad, but." I've changed since then. Look at all these people that say I have. Can you reconsider the application? So now finally, we're at
1: step seven. I'm going to go through like what I think you should have ready ahead of time in case you fall in love with the place and want to apply right there. And then when you're actually I want to hear from you, like what sorts of things you look for when you're actually at the at the showing. So you reach out, you set up a uh, an appointment to view the place. The landlord or somebody, property manager, will show it to you. If you're in a city like we talked about, major cities, that you need to be ready to apply quick, I would say have these ready to go. Probably proof of employment. Pay stubs to show you have income coming in. They may want to see bank statements. Uh, they Sometimes a tax return. Your ID. Make sure you have copies that you have valid uh, ID and that you can make copies of it and they may want the references as well either from previous roommates or from previous landlords so you bring those either bring them with you or have them ready to go that day uh, just in case
0: yeah depending on where you are this might sound crazy but there were times when I was doing my first apartment search in New York basically between the time I had looked at the apartment and I got home they had rented it and out somebody and it who had their stuff Yeah. so like if i if i had wanted it and i had had to wait until i got home it would have been too late it can be the difference between getting the apartment or not whether or not you had all of this ready to go
1: what kinds of things are you looking for that you probably wouldn't see when you're actually at the apartment that you can't get from like the photos or the description
0: check the water pressure uh, maybe not like every single fixture, you know, if there's a, if there's a problem with a fixture when I move in that they, they can fix it, but stuff like the shower head and the kitchen sink, like, is there actual water pressure? Is it dribbling out? It's something to keep in mind. It can make a big difference if you have a, a weak shower for a few years, um, check your cell service, both in the apartment and in the surrounding areas, um, in the apartments, not as big of a deal these days with Wi-Fi, and you can text and call over it. Um, but like where I'm at right now, I'm set when I'm at home and on the wifi, but if I leave the neighborhood, it's like sort of a 10 block radius where I just don't get great service. And that's, that's sort of a pain at the moment. Um, check appliances, you know, feel free to open up, you know, the, feel free to open up the fridge cabinets, make sure that everything is, looks like, you know, up to snuff. There's not missing pieces of like missing shelves in the fridge or just stuff like that that might suggest they're not putting in the best effort to take care of the place. Um, signs of any pests. So that, that might even be, um, you know, traps, rat traps yeah. or, or cockroach traps. I would say depending on where you are, it's, I wouldn't, you know, if there's a couple, I wouldn't hold it too much against them. You know, like every preventative. Yeah. I get stuff sometimes it's not a big deal, but like, if you see a, if you see a cockroach trap that has a few roaches in it and they're not like red flag cleaned it in a little bit like that, that's yeah, a red flag. Um, and then lastly we have here is like the neighborhood noise. Um, so then that's another reason to try to check out the apartment at different times of the day. Um, like where I live right now is, is pretty quiet during the day, even though we're on a main road, the loudest thing is really like the car noise, but It actually gets a lot louder in the evening because of the bars in the area. And so like the the outdoor section of the bar gets kind of packed um, in the evenings. So that's something to keep in mind, too, if that would be a deal breaker for you.
1: All right. So once you've decided to apply, our last thing is just to make sure you don't get scammed.
0: There's a lot of rental scams. More and more of the process is happening through digital communication without actually meeting a person, which just introduces more opportunities for deception and like the one that we had in uh in college in
1: dc you know i'm realizing met a lot of these like things to look out for where if they don't want to meet in person they may not want to talk on the phone uh they're saying you can move in without even like sight unseen without even looking at it they might ask for money ahead of time without you're, without signing the lease or without seeing the place, the price could be a lot lower than everything around it for a place that seems good. If they're not screening you at all, or if they want you to sign a uh, a lease that's not totally filled out, that's major red flag. Yeah, we had we had one that we went to, and it turned out they the place that it was on
0: Craigslist. I think we found it. Well, I think that one, if I remember correctly, what you'll see a lot, they wanted like a couple hundred dollars for like the key deposit. Right. And they're like send you the key and like we'll sign the lease later. Once you send them the money, they just drop off the grid and luckily we went to the actual address and saw before we sent them the the
1: key deposit and saw that it was not actually for rent. If it looks too good to be true, it probably is.
0: Yeah, make sure it passes the smell test. Yeah. Trust your gut. So
1: what should the takeaways be? If you're if you're ready to rent an apartment now you should follow these steps. You should find out what your budget is. Don't stretch yourself just because you can. Uh, use the 30% rule. But if you can find something that you like less than that, definitely do that. Gives you more room for other stuff in your budget.
0: Yep. I would say start if you know you're going to be moving like in the next... Or if if you know you're going to be moving at some point in the future and you know the area you're moving but you're not too familiar with it start doing some research now because yeah. it's one of those things where casually doing a little bit of like, if you spend five minutes a day for like three months looking at neighborhoods and places available, you're going to realize all of a sudden you have a pretty good feel for what's available in different areas. True. And it's, it's not something you want to like cram for the night before you go apartment searching and like try to fit in all this knowledge. Like, it should be an exciting, fun process. It shouldn't be stressful. So, give yourself some time and give yourself time to get familiar with the area you're looking in before the pressure is on to actually pick a place.
1: I find that yeah, if you if you are doing making those choices like what amenities you want, the it can be overwhelming to find a place because there are so many places available. But if you start making those decisions, do narrowing down your search a little bit, the the decision starts to make itself like when you have yep. when you have criteria you're only working within a small box and then then you don't have to worry about getting fomo or anything because you've found a place that meets what you're looking for so yeah uh if you do make sure you have all of those uh if you are looking to get a place soon all of the um bank statements and everything i mentioned like make sure your license is valid you don't want to not be able to get a place because you have an expired license or something, and I I think it's kind of like you said, like try to have fun with it. <laughs> it's like yeah, it is yeah. a big decision, but it's it can be cool to you know see see new places and get a feel for your neighborhood
0: and your city. And yeah, I was gonna say so. I've, yeah, I've been in eight apartments since twenty twelve. I've moved a lot across you know three different cities, and for me, like the the actual moving process is the part that sucks and there, there's only so much you can do to make that less sucky. I, I don't even want to say you can try and make it fun. Cause I, I don't think you can, but the actual apartment search part itself is, is fun. It's exciting. You can take the I, financial I've, I've stress been, out of it. Yeah. I've been through it a lot and I still like look forward to that. Yeah. That excitement of finding the place that's going to be your next home. So Try to separate, you know, if you're dreading the move, try and separate that from the actual apartment search part and have some fun with it, enjoy it, and deal with the move when the time to move comes.
1: All right, everybody. So let us know if you have any questions. Show notes are going to have a bunch of resources around yeah, searching for apartments. Uh, we'll list the scams, best amenities, all that stuff. We'll have a lot for this one. So thank you so much for listening. Tune into the next episode. No more breaks. Glad to be back. We're back
0: on it. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast.